Dan, did you think he was going to announce that his thumb was in his butt when he was in the accident? I nearly said that. Yeah. Third Degree the Podcast is brought to you by Soccer90.com, your destination for FC Dallas gear, North Texas gear, European gear. They got everything you can want, including all the newest stuff like the kick childhood cancer pre-game jersey, which is an absolute banger. And the Hispanic Heritage Night top. I haven't seen that one yet, but I'm sure it'll be good like all the rest of them are. Third Degree listeners get 20% off at uh, checkout when you use the code Third Degree. Uh, that's Soccer90.com. Some exclusions do apply. Well, hello there. FC Dallas Curious Fan. Welcome to another episode of Third Degree, the podcast, episode numbered 228, 228. Hi, I'm Peter, and I'm with my two Dallas soccer talking friends. First, probably just waiting for his opportunity to kick Harry Maguire in the sack, in the plums. I learned that phrase the other day. Kick Harry Maguire in the plums. It's Dan Crook. Howdy, Dan. Hey, uh, no, he's uh, just making a complete tit out of himself every time he plays football, so uh, life hates him. (laughs) It is a sad, sad tale, no doubt about it. Uh, And your hero, my hero, everybody's hero, editor, founder, the original of uh, ThirdDegree.net. It is Buzz Carrick. Come in, Buzz. Yeah, Peter, I'm I'm saddened to learn that being T-boned is not nearly as much fun as eating a T-bone. Okay, I was going to push this to the end of the podcast, but since you've brought it up, I will go ahead and start. I feel like Dan and I are getting sucked into some sort of insurance scam because I've never seen somebody so gleeful and promoting of a car accident before. Did you win the car accident lottery this week? No, it was just absurd. You know, I was kind of just, I thought, you know, this is ridiculous that I've had this happen to me, uh, you know, up here trying to go to an FC Dallas practice. So I thought, I would just have shared the absurdity as a way to make the okay the the tease of the podcast somewhat more interesting than normal because it's ridiculous. Okay, so uh, just to make sure, because nobody, not everybody, necessarily saw the video of you, t- you know, promoting the podcast, including mm. your 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 uh, somewhat bent up truck, <laughs> uh, yeah. and and the picture of the intersection in which it happened, and the uh, the accused or alleged. <laughs> assailant of your yeah. vehicle and yeah. all of that stuff yeah. uh, first off you're physically okay i'm fine my thumb is purple but other than that i'm fine why is your thumb purple uh it where was it in, where was it during well, the accident I was, I was turning left so i was rotating the steering wheel and it jammed into the steering wheel so it's okay strained it jammed it really good so it's nice and black and blue and purple so other than that i'm fine dan did you think he was gonna announce that his thumb was in his butt when he was in the accident <laughs> No. I nearly said that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Why don't you go ahead and tell all the the curious what happened? It's not that crazy. It's just I was going from the stadium. I went west on Main to go to the gas station, the Quick Trip, mm-hmm. and um, to turn on the Legacy. It's a two lane left turn, so I stopped at the light, and the light turned green. And myself and the people next to me and around me, we all started proceeding through the intersection. And I went about ten feet, uh, and somebody slammed into me from the. I presume they were going from the north to the southbound, but I actually didn't see them until they smashed into me. Um, and then they immediately, of course, tried to 
back up and pulled our car loose so they could, I, I, I'm, I'm going to guess, get away. So I jumped out real quick and took a picture of the, the collision in the middle of the intersection. And then I got back in my truck and they, their car was not able to run, but I was able to peel my truck off and get it into a parking lot. Since it's in the middle of a triple lane wide, you know, these North Dallas intersections you see, which are really dangerous. So I got out of the intersection, but she was not able to go anywhere. And the cops showed up in force and there were many witnesses that stopped and called the cops. And, you know, it's, it's a crazy moment. Thankfully I was not going particularly fast and she must not have been going particularly fast, but it hit my car right on the front, right wheel. Well, basically, and her car was basically stuck on my truck and my right, of course it's a four wheel drive truck. So the front camber's all out of whack. So clearly the front transaxle is bent and pushed out of place. And oh, no. so while it wasn't a particularly heavy contact, I stand there and look at it. I'm like, there's a chance this truck is totaled. Cause you know how it is when you knock the whole front end out of whack. Oh yeah. It could be frame. It's for sure. Transaxle and engine out of whack. The whole front hood is the gapping is all off now. So, oh, I, so I'm you still, couldn't drive it home. No, no. I, I was able to drive it into a parking lot, but I could hear the tires scream, screeching, just oh, going no. really slow. You know, I got out of the way so I didn't get hit further, but that, that was about it. Yeah. You have insurance. I do. Did the alleged assailant of your vehicle have insurance? Yeah, thank goodness. So it'll all be taken care of. But, okay. you know, nonetheless, it's, you know, you know, the car's only two years old. So there's always a worry there that the value of it well, is not going to be enough to cover the note, et cetera. So that's what I'm worried about. But um, uh, hopefully it's not, uh, hopefully it's either totaled or it's a minor <laughs> repair and not. Let's, not put this a, in, let's put this into perspective, though, Buzz. A Buzz two-year-old vehicle is very different yeah. from most everybody else's two-year-old vehicle. Buzz, yeah. how your, your truck is two years old yeah. and has how many miles on it? 55,000. Yeah, my car is four years old, and I just turned 29,000 on it yeah. today. <laughs> I drive a lot. That's fair, yeah. <laughs> Mine's so. five and hit 56. So. <laughs> yeah, wow. there you go. Yeah, that's crazy, Buzz. Well... I ho- I'm glad to hear that you're okay. Was yeah. she was she uh, a bitch about it? I did not talk to her. She never got out of her car, and I just stayed away. Um, I let the police handle it all. Uh, yeah. You know, funny enough, she actually called me later in the day, and I was like, "I'm not talking to you." No, no. Yeah, smart move. <laughs> yeah, you definitely don't ever. You know, I, this I know. If you're ever in an accident, don't talk to the person. You know, if the cops show up, let them handle it. If they don't, trade information and get out of there. Don't discuss the accident ever at all. So I, that's what I always do. And that's what I did in this particular case. So I'm sure that they'll work it all out. I didn't get a ticket. I don't know if she did or not. I don't know. How did you get home? You're like an hour away from home at that point. Well, I have a lovely and understanding wife who drove up there and picked me up. Oh, sweet, Amy. Very nice. All right. Well, there is uh, the payoff. I guess the pod's over. Here's Uh, a tiny, funny story is that a dude showed up that was from the, from the tow company to tow my truck. For me, my insurance company sent him and I gave him my keys and I'm like, great. And I left. And then before he could get the car towed, he like left for 10 minutes and came back and some other tow company yanked my truck and took it while (laughs) he was gone for 10 minutes. They were obviously waiting and they sniped it. So like today, my insurance company spent the whole day trying to get my truck back from these other people that took it. Because it was in a parking lot. It wasn't, you know, I, I didn't leave it in the street. I left it in a parking lot. You know, those thinking, guys are, yeah, tow yeah. truck guys are like Jawas. Yeah. So effectively, someone in a way stole it, but <laughs> they know where it is. So we're going to get it back. Goodness so it's, gracious. It's, yeah. It's, Did you, it's, it's legalized theft. Yeah. It? Did you uh, take your license plates off the truck before you came home? I hope. I probably so should have. It didn't them? occur to me. 
did not occur yeah. to me that I probably should have. I mean, if if I find out that they're gone, then I'll just their personalized plates and I'll just have them canceled or whatever, you know. So I can, right. you know, I'll report. Well, that's it why I know. thought because you know somebody yeah. out there wants a Buzz third license plate to yeah. tack up on their wall, especially right there in that area, part yeah. of the country. Oh yeah, oh, that's huge, right? That's right. <laughs> no, like Paxton Pomacall drove by and was like, "Hey, I think <laughs> I need I need one of those for my wall at my house." Yeah, so that's that's my sacrifice for third degree this week and the Pepsi Dallas followers is my smashed up truck. Mm, all right. Uh, Dan, yeah. do you have any kind of entertaining story like that you'd like to share with the curious today? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. Excellent. Let's well, go. here we are. Huh? What? 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 So let's go. Uh, we don't have a game to talk about because obviously the international break, although it was fun to see all those Dallas products uh, trucking around for the national team. Good times. Pepe looks like he's in good form. Happy about all of that. Uh, but we do have breaking news. And that breaking news is that the injury list appears to have decided to, <laughs> the infection of the injury list has, has uh, uh, kind of uh, increased or gone back to a, a level of increase as Buzz, you found out. You were there when it happened, apparently. Uh, Geovane Jesus is no more. Yeah. Yeah, that was a loud shout at that contact. He went down pretty hard and stayed down for a good period of time. Um, Who did it to him? I don't remember exactly. Um, I think it was on a, a tackle, it was but I don't totally remember. Totally Obreon, was. wasn't it? Uh, no, I don't know. I don't know who it was. Mm, okay. And I'd hate to speak out of turn even if I knew, I'd, but I don't know. I don't remember. Um, but, you know, I was, I and both coach were relatively optimistic because he walked off the training field. Now, he had two trainers on his sides, you know, and sort of holding him, but he walked under his own power, both legs off the field. And so they were like, well, hopefully he's going to be okay. And then obviously today it came out that um, on the coach media call that they do, the Zoom media call on Thursdays, which is why no one else with me ever goes to training, uh, that it is a blown ACL, so he'll be out for the year. So uh, it's unfortunate. You know, it, it, there are some options that can take his place that we'll probably talk about later. But, um, you know, from time to time, these kinds of things happen in training. They are professional athletes. They do play very hard in training. You know, it, it, it's not the first time someone's blown an ACL or an MCL on the training pitch. So uh, it's unfortunate because he had just now really been progressing in terms of his defensive uh, output and was, you know, starting to become – the player that I think they were assuming when they hired him in the first place, you know, and he's under a fairly long-term contract. So that's a player that they're, they're looking to develop. You know, they won't give up on him this quickly. Um, I, I assume that at some point they were going to want to try and sell him on. That was kind of the point of the U22 initiative, but you have to like his progression. He's a guy too. He's a young guy who, you know, brought his family up here and recently had a kid. I think he's about to have another one. So um, lots of things going on in his life and hopefully. Whoa, he can whoa, wait a second. Yeah. Giovanni Jesus or whatever uh, Giovanni Giovanni he's, a, he's got now almost two kids well I believe the woman he married already had two kids and so he just had a baby for that's now three and he's apparently having another well, one isn't he four. isn't he like 19 or 20 well yeah 20 is under 22 initiative and you know one of the kids that he has based on Instagram married into is like 13 or 14 or something so you know he has family instant family as they would jokingly say and and apparently just had a baby and is about that's what coach said and about not time only time. 13 okay. or 14 but also is a better defender entirely <laughs> <laughs> possible he is progressing though on that front so it is is the is the 13 or 14 year old playing for the academy team yet 
Uh, well, I believe she's a young lady. I have no idea if she plays soccer or not. Oh, okay. So, well, how does Dan? Oh, I dance. Just Dan's joking. Funny. I yeah. love Dan humor. I yeah, love it. It's very dry. Hey, I got a question because it dawned on me because yep. I've never thought about this before. What happens to a locker room when a teammate injures a teammate and ends their season? I suppose it probably depends on how intentional the tackle was or whether there was bad blood between the players and maybe a player went in harder than he should, you know, if you're, and, who, if you're, and probably depends on who the, the yeah. offending party is. Yeah. And who the other player is too. I mean, there's a hierarchy of talent. You know, if, if you hurt Messi in training, you're going to be in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, you just get a bullet to the head yeah. right there on the spot. There's a funny example. I like to tell though, of not a player getting hurt, but you remember Percy Oliveras, Peter, I'm sure you remember. He came here with a fair amount of hype and then Jeffries never played him. And after a couple of months, Jeffries used to like to jump into training as an extra body because he was, you know, a Foreman Herman Trophy winner. And Percy <laughs> Oliveras put in one of the hardest red tacking, red card fouls I've ever seen in training on Jeffries. And everybody knew it was because Jeffries didn't play him. And so Jeffries just sort of jumped up and walked out of the drill and everybody kept going and saying anything, you know, because at that point, everybody wasn't particularly happy with Jeffries because the team was horrible. But, you know, these guys are hyper competitive and they understand. And as long as you're not being malicious, I don't think anyone will hold it against you, you know, but there are times when people are malicious, you know, I mean, Chad Deering in a, in a non malicious, but definitely in a prankster jerky kind of way. You remember, I think it was Chad kicked that ball that hit that hit the equipment guy in the face and separated his retina. You remember that? Yeah. So, you know, all every case is different. And sometimes there can be some bad blood for a long time. I mean, they're, there are many cases where players have hated each other's guts on various teams, including this one, not this may perhaps not this current version in, in 2023, but certainly in, in its history, there have been players that hated each other. So didn't you know. Deering, didn't Deering practically murder an SMU player in a scrimmage? Yes. Um, the, the SMU player stole the ball off of Chad in a scrimmage. And so he turned around and chased him down and just smashed him from behind and broke his leg. And Chad That's got right. red carded out of the scrimmage, but you know, that was a pretty vindictive tackle. And so if you do that in an FC Dallas training, you're going to be in big trouble in terms of the team Chad and Deary. whatever else. I mean, look, Chad was ruthless, man, as a player. Yes. He, you know, I'm sure now I haven't talked to him in a few years, but I'm sure now he'd be very nice and normal. And even off the field back then, he was very, you know, a pleasant fellow, but on the field, Oh man, you know, he was a demon. That guy. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that's uh, that's unfortunate news yep. that Giovanni is out for the season, and I and and because I also see on this injury list Emma Tuamasi is listed Indeed. here. I'm assuming that means you're going to have uh, a Mr. Junka update for us at some point. Yeah, should we talk about Ema? What's up with him? Yeah, let's go through the injury list because I was unaware of some of this stuff. Uh, So what's Ema's? Is this just a continuation of what's been going on with him? Uh, No, this is actually very similar to what happened to Bernie. Uh, He landed on his shoulder in training, like out of a full sprint, you know, went over and landed on his shoulder. And so he had a strain basically of his shoulder collarbone area, but apparently not nearly as bad as the one Bernie has because Ema's just going through some discomfort um, and is not necessarily going to be out long-term. Matter of fact, I would assume that he's actually more like day to day, you know, Mm, while this is going to come up again, because just because you're on the out list doesn't mean you can't play. It's not definitive. So it would not shock me to see Ima Tomasi also be available. But remember, there's seven games in 22 days. He's on the questionable list. 
Huh? He's on the questionable list. He's not okay, on good. the out list. Yeah, I would definitely call him day to day because he trained on Wednesday. Uh, so, you know, whether he's going to go or not will be a question of whether they are thinking about the seven games in, tw- in 22 days or not and the workload and that kind of stuff. So as far as I'm no- concerning, he actually is going to be available. You know, whether you go with him at whatever percentage of comfort he has or whether you go with Sam Junka on the opposite side, something that coach is very, very comfortable doing. He and I talked about that on Wednesday as a definitive option, you know, in this workload coming up. So um, you, you can flip a coin on whether Emo will take part or not, whether he'd be the guy or not. You know, he is a better defender than Giovanni, surely, but, you know, Sam also qualifies, and Sam can also put in a lot of workload. I, I would bet you that over this coming stretch, you'll see a lot of Sam Junka in various positions because he can play in multiple spots, you know, for people, and obviously give the same effort every time. What about Giovanni's uh, stepdaughter? Any chance we'll call her up to play right back? No. Okay, so- <laughs> I was playing off Dan's uh, yeah. joke earlier. Not technically possible. Just uh, a call Colin Smith there. might get recalled, I suppose, though. The podcast listener can't hear this, but Dan is laughing a lot. He just has his <laughs> microphone muted. Yeah, Colin Smith uh, could get so. recalled from Birmingham. That's entirely possible with Giovanni out for the year. Uh, it wouldn't shock me to mm-hmm. see that happen. Wow. Okay, that's a lot. Now, the next name on this list is the one that really caught me off guard, and uh, for Saturday in particular, is one young Allen up-and-coming Velasco. Yeah, again, this is one where, even though they listed him as out, I would not have said he was going to be out. Of course, I'm not the team doctor, and I'm not the team, but on Wednesday, he was working on the side, you know, moving, cutting, kicking the ball, things like that. So, I talked to coach about it and what happened was that coming out of the Argentina camp, he felt a little tightness in his calf. So they're sort of just being precautionary and sort of seeing how it goes. This is a kind of injury that uh, I would call a game day decision. And on Saturday, like if he, all of a sudden he were to show up me in the lineup, it would not shock me at all. I will not predict he's going to start, but I would definitely pr- predict that, uh, you know, that he is possibly still in consideration and don't be shocked if he does start, it does end, or does come off the bench uh, because of the fact that, you know, he, what I saw is late in a recovery kind of behavior, you know, the, the kind of thing you do right before you rejoin training, you know, depending on how you react. Now, again, big load of games coming up, probably not going to be in a super hurry to get him back in there. So I would not, I would hesitate a little to say that he will play, you know, he definitely would be, I would consider him more questionable than out. But I'm not obviously the person that wrote the team notes. So, you know, things certainly could have changed since yesterday, too, as well. Okay. Well, we'll keep our fingers crossed about that. But this next name, Buzz, is it time just to put him down and let him cross the Rainbow Bridge, Paxton Pomacall? Yeah. Uh, Paxton had COVID last week. Oh, yeah. Grief. So he's not on the injury list. He's back in training. So this isn't a muscle no, thing. This he is just had just... COVID. Yeah, so okay. he's not on the injury list. I just put him down on our, our our roster because coach told me he had COVID last week. So he is back eligible to play, you know, but I think it's important to note when guys are sick like that, you know, like because Jesus had it That's two weeks ago. Tw- he set up two games, yeah. didn't he? Jesus missed so two games? Paxton yeah. trained, uh, you know, yesterday, which means he is uh, medically cleared to be around people. So that means he can play. So whether coach will want to hold him for the next game, you know, I, I had a good conversation with coach about the idea that the same as that with center back where they say they have three starters at center back for two spots. They feel that way about Paxton in midfield too. You know, Paxton, Legette, 
Yaramendi, like all, they have most and Velasco, they have four starter caliber players. They have four midfield starters for two spots. So it's not like they consider any one of those guys to be first or second team. They're going to be making decisions about them based on the tactics, you know? So there's always only a 50, 50 chance that Paxson's going to start anyway. And he's a guy who's the workload you want to manage because if you play him every game, he burns out and gets hurt again, you know? So it actually probably is his benefit that he won't be playing every other game or even every, every game, every other game will be fine, you know, but it's important to talk about him because coming out of COVID, there is a chance that they will hold him, you know, for a game or two because of that. Well, I uh, was I saw his name here, and I was worried that maybe he had, uh, you know, his hip or no, sorry to scare you, or yeah. something. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I was worried, you know, because Paxton's is tenuous. It seems like of late this is situation. So that's everybody at this point well, Bernie, now. Obviously, you don't. Throw Bernie, in Bernie is not on that list. Yeah, yeah Bernie's. Bernie's out, but Legit and uh, uh, Ariola and Jesus, everybody else is a hundred percent, or at least you know whatever that version. Yeah, and Coach seemed really point. excited that Paul was back to form. Uh, you know, I think they they know they've needed him, and 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 I couldn't get a. There's no definitive timeline on Bernie because I think they're kind of just it's kind of a comfort level thing. It's just as long as it takes. You know, the the, the six weeks thing was kicked around, so that's probably appropriate time frame. But it's not like you need your shoulder necessarily to play, other than maybe shielding off a guy a little bit, but. Um, you know, m- not nearly as bad, apparently, even though it's relatively speaking the same thing as Imato Omasi, who apparently can go possibly where Bernie is going to be out yeah. for a bit. So, Okay. What else did you happen to spy while you were at practice? Well, uh, it's weird. You know, they still have to use um, Jesus Jimenez as the other striker because Jose Milato basically was the one, the player that was sacrificed to fit Yaramendi. Um, into the roster. So they're down to just two strikers effectively. So if you don't like Jimenez. They're really down to one. Yeah. Guys. Let's all just be honest Well, with each that's other the here. thing is they got this workload coming up, dude. Jimenez is going to have to play. And so is Obreon and so is Ansa because Bernie's out, right? I mean, like I watched training and Siki and Sobling played right wing in training because they were out of bodies, you know? So mm-hmm. – it's a, it, we're in a situation where there's a few more injuries all of a sudden, just a little bit, but even if there were none, you know, this workload is going to be ridiculous. And I'm sure as Dan knows, when you get this kind of workload, this is the thing that really differen- differentiates MLS clubs, in my opinion, from the other clubs that are in the leagues above them, you know, like the top six or seven or 10, wherever you think leagues in the world, you know, you look at those teams and they have, a much deeper progression in terms of the ability of like having two first line guys at every spot. Dallas is a lot closer than that than they've ever been in history, but you're still looking at some pretty aggressive rotation, you know, for a club that isn't necessarily as deep as you might want to be, particularly when you add in a couple of these injuries now. So as you observe practice and you think about the injury list buzz and uh, contemplate all of that, where do you where are you starting to come down on how this midfield setup is going to play out as we get now into this stretch run? Well, I, I think they'll very aggressively alter um, shapes and, and tactical pairings for the opponent. Um, there will be times where when Yaramendi plays, he'll definitely sit deeper in a more of a double kind of setup than when Legette or Paxton does, particularly with Allen in there or not in there. When Allen's in there, obviously the other eight tends to be more, more deep. It tends to be a double pivot instead of a single pivot. 
Whereas if you have legit packs and combo, it, that tends to be more of an equal, equal combo, sort of playing at the same height. And then obviously with the workload coming up, you're going to have to still see a bunch of Frazier probably more than you like because Facundo can't really play 90 minutes game after game after game, let alone when you play every three days, which is basically what they're going to have to do. Mm -hmm. So um, I think the, the tactics will dictate a lot of it. You know, all, all those guys you mentioned will, are either in their 30s or they're potentially guys that you can't play 34 games, you know, or, or they're guys that are struggling like Allen right now with a little bit of tightness, you know, or they're just – it's just a situation where you're not going to be able to have like a definitive 11 anymore. Not the rest of this season. You know, you're going to have your 15, 16 deep is going to rotate all the time. You know, you're, you're going to use your five subs aggressively. You know, I, I think that over the course of the season, he'll try and figure out like when he gets to the playoffs, what his best set will be like in any given game. But over this seven games, I think it's going to be really, really aggressive in terms of rotating whose place we every other game game basically so in your head and again we probably have limited um uh, you you've got limited amount of observation of some of these guys because they just joined the team but do you have a, a very clear idea of what your starting 11 is for this team i think if like if yeah. it's mls cup if this is the game oh. yeah i do um, I know who I would choose, but I don't know if coach feels like I do, you know, um, if, if we ignore injuries, of course, in this, having this discussion, I think that I have a clear choice who my best 11 is, but uh, mm -hmm. sometimes coach makes decisions that, that don't chime with what, what I think in terms of that. And that's perfectly fine. That's almost always true of most, most any coach, you know, he definitely believes this idea that he has multiple starters, you know, the, like the whole three starters at center back idea. I think he's nuts. I think you have one starter and two guys that are okay. You know, so that's the kind of way I feel about it. Like I see one player that's the best six. I see the two guys I would pick if I had to win a game today at eight is clear to me. You know, I know who I think the best wings are. Uh, and obviously everybody knows who the best nine is. So, you know, it's not necessarily up for debate really in my head, but then we watch coach and it is right back probably was the closest position, but now that's a moot point because one guy's out for the year and the other guy's feeling it. You know, like if, if we hear about it at Friday, 6 PM recall of Colin Smith, it won't shock me at all. You know, I mean, I'm happy to put Sam Junk mm -hmm. over there, but then that limits your options in terms of what, if something happens to Marco Farfan in the middle of the game. So, you know, it's pretty clear to me. You, you yeah, but you don't want you. Would you like to secretly quiet? Do you want me to say what it Dan is? And I? Oh, okay. Yeah, nobody's listening. Um, well, it's a safe yeah, space. right this minute, um, it's Jesus up front with um, uh, Paul Ariola and Obreon. Um, I think Ansel's a smarter player, but he hadn't been here enough, and Obreon's been here more, so I would go with Obreon. And then Velasco and Yaramendi in midfield with Facundo, and then Farfan, uh, Nicosi, Ibiaga. Well, Giovanni until he got hurt, but obviously now it has to be Ima and, and then pause. You know, the real question the coach is going to have to decide is um, would it be better for this team to win games the rest of this season with Allen at wing and Paxson or Legette in the midfield with ER Mindy? That's the big question that he's going to have to answer. You know, um, mm -hmm. I, I personally would sacrifice, quote unquote, this season in the sense of go ahead and keep playing Allen in the middle because that's your best bet over the next three seasons is Allen in the middle. You know, I don't think this is a cup team, so I wouldn't necessarily be concerned 
with like, I need to win more games this season. But then again, I'm not the one that's going to get fired if he misses the playoffs. I don't think he would right. either. But uh, Dan, I want to hear Dan's 11. See if you're the same as mine, Dan. Uh, Jesus Ferreira, one for 11. Uh, no, uh, Martin Paz, uh, Ibiaga uh, and uh, Tafari, Marco Farfan. I mean, you can't. S- Tabiama, right back, who plays center mid, Iaramendi, and. Alan Velasco with Faku behind, left wing, probably Obreon. Wait, yeah. Uh, Ariola and Jesus up front. Yeah. Oh, it's the same. Yeah. I think that's pretty definitive that that's what it is. But, you know, Dan and I both obviously look at it with the same eyes of like, that's your best setup in terms of with having Allen in the middle. And the question, the serious question will be whether Allen is so much better than Obrey on the wing, that's worth sacrificing him out of the middle. If he was not injured, would uh, Bernie replace uh, Obreon in both your minds? For me, yes. Yeah, I would play him over Obreon. Dan? Probably. They're not too far apart, unfortunately. Yeah, it'd be great to say Bernie's head and shoulders above, well, one shoulder above. <laughs> so let me let me throw this question out to you in an effort to try to get your true best eleven on the field at any one time. Is there a scenario, Buzz, where you put Legette and Velasco both on the field, but you start Legette more wide out left, and they can kind of they can move between each other as appropriate as the game goes? Uh, that's possible. I think it'd be more likely that you'd see something like uh, the four four two continue with um, Jesus and Allen up top, and sort of Allen sort of like a double false nine in effect. And then you would have Paul mm-hmm. on one wing and Lejet on the other wing, with Yarmendi and somebody else in the middle. Whether it be Paxton, Paxton or what, you could play a double eight for sure in a flat four, you know, or Facundo. You know, they definitely use a 4-4-2 much more lately than they have ever before. And they used it some even on Wednesday in training. So it is in the mm-hmm. mix. It does allow you to get, you know, a guy like Legit, you know, it, more minutes and more use for you, particularly if you're not necessarily happy with Obreon or Ansa or doing. It does also give you the Allen higher and freer underneath Jesus kind of look. You know, we've seen that a bit, you know, in the last period. So... You know, I think that tactical decision of the two versions of the four three three or this four four two or even three at the back that we see sometimes are all in the mix with this coach. You know, uh, you could make a case. I think, particularly we, as we just discussed, would Allen on the wing be better than Allen in the middle in terms of winning games because of the lack of performance at the wing? You you might be right that the four four two is the best way to go forward because it does allow you to get guys that you would consider more of essential to be effectively wide midfielders instead of you know high wings. You know, mm-hmm. we haven't mentioned Dante Celia, for example, at all. I don't think, while we like some of the spark we've seen, I don't think any of us are in a point where we, we would expect that guy to start much over O'Brien. But he has made that choice recently, and certainly in this load coming up, he would also be a factor. Okay, so that leads us to Seattle, which is this Saturday at 7.30. Uh, you know, uh, Seattle is Seattle. We know that Dallas has a tough time against them. Uh, they're in kind of an, their own weird spot 
as a as a club. Uh, what are you assuming you're going to see in terms of a starting lineup with the injuries and everything that we know about that? Well, uh, I think that even though I think you could push the issue and have Velasco play, I think you shouldn't. So I'm going to, I'm going to say that he won't play, even though I already made the case, I think that he could be available. I would not do that personally. Um, I would go with Yaramindi and Facundo in this sort of that double pivot look. Um, in a way I would have, I would put legit in there with them as the, the three man combo and then go with Paul and Jesus up top with, you know, whatever you think your best other wing is, which is probably going to be, you know, Obreon perhaps. Um, and then the, the right back's an interesting question. I actually, because Ema's banged up a little bit, I'm going to say Sam Junka right back. Um, you know, recall Colin Smith, so you have him on the bench, so you can bring him in and shift Junka over if you have to for Farfan. And then I would go with, um, against Seattle, I would go with Ibiaga and... Um, I'm actually going to say Tafari. Uh, you know, uh, r- right. Not to be like, sorry, I'm going to go with Tafari and Martinez uh, against Seattle and save Ibiaga for RSL on the road on Wednesday. That's going to be my guess, but you could just as easily have it be versions of that. Um, honestly, this coach changes things so much, you know, it, it, it's entirely possible. You could see more of a four, four, two look, you know, that is legitimate. They did use it some this week. I'm, I honestly like because of these injuries and because of the way this coach is making decisions and because of this workload, this is about as chaotic as it's ever been in terms of like having no clue what's going to happen. But obviously, Jesus is going to be the guy, and Paul Ariola will be in there. And and I and I think that it doesn't make any sense to force uh, Alan Velasco when you when you're going to need him over the back half of the season. You don't want to risk making it worse. And Paxton just coming off being sick, I don't think he'll go. I think they'll save him for Wednesday as well. So hmm. there you go. The Salt Lake game is in Utah, correct? Yeah, but remember, they're 500 at home, basically. So it is a place that you feel like you can compete pretty well. This is not one where you're going to go in with the mentality of we're screwed, you know, like you kind of might if you're going to Philly or something later on. Okay. Well, all right, there we go. It is the stretch run, man. This is where everybody has to pull up their pants and put their belt in the next notch tighter and hold on for <laughs> Sweet yeah, life. you know, with, with this one being the first game after like a two week break, I think you'll probably see a pretty aggressive like first eleven sort of mentality, and then you adapt after that. Mm-hmm. But you know, the injuries obviously really really affect things. You know, Allen is such a pivotal part of what they do now. You know, it's like how do you adapt to that? It, it like it would not shock me at all to see if it be a more four four two with Jimenez starting with Jesus Ferreira up top, because that kind of gives you the same sort of vibe where Jesus works under him instead of vice versa, you know, and then, then you do maybe have a areola or a legit wide and more of a flat kind of shape, you know, yeah. none of those options that we discussed would shock me at all. They're all open for use, which is, which is crazy. I've never seen a team here in Dallas with this much flexibility, which in a way is really good, but I, I'm not necessarily a fan of that. I, I, I kind of like teams that are just really, really good at what they do and make everybody else change. You know, that's more of the way I like. To, oh, I know. agree. Yeah, I always feel like the best teams in MLS are the ones that dictate yeah. how the game's going to yeah. go, and teams that have to bend and flex to their will are the ones that end up, uh, you know, s- sucking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it, it, we're also at a point of the season where we get to it. You know, I'm assuming we're going to continue to admire 
the Ilara uh, uh, signing and the idea of picking up Junka and how good he's been as a utility player, kind of like the new version of Ryan Hollingshead and, and, yeah. if, you know, and his ability to do different things on the field. But man, this is, if there was ever a time that the pickup of Jimenez and Ansa needed to show payoff in some tiny way, now is the time, yeah. right? It's just the fact that they're getting absolutely zero from both of those guys, especially at the amount of money they cost, uh, is really, really hurting the team at this point in terms yeah. of feeling like that they've got a chance to do something down the road. Well, Ansa is the one that annoys me the most because they talked about how they've been after the guy for like a year. And I'm like, man, if, if they were after him that badly, he better be better than this. You know, it's like I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, come spring when he's been here for six months, we'll be we'll be like, oh, can we believe we doubted this guy? You know, I'm hoping that's going to be the case. But it certainly has been before, you know, where that's been true. But it definitely is annoying that you can't really, especially now that Bernie's out, you know, who is who I had been playing really well, you know, and Allen has moved to the middle you know, which means they're lighter at wing than before. So you need that guy. If you, if you think you're going to do something, you actually need him to do something. You actually need him to be valuable, you know, right. or, or Dante Sealy blow up and be great without it out of nowhere. That'd be cool too. Hmm. I'm interested uh, since you were there Wednesday, uh, post dramatic change in the North Texas weather. Did you happen to notice that the, the team playing with a different, uh, spark because it was so much cooler and not a the the trudgy 110 degrees. Yeah, a little bit. They mostly seem to be enjoying themselves more than they have been when it's nasty. You know, they they train early enough in the morning, and training is usually so quick and, and good pace that it often is really kind of poppy like that. But you definitely mm -hmm. can see that people were in a more positive frame of mind. Like this is a very positive team right now. You know, they, they don't feel down about themselves. They're not like, oh, this sucks or whatever. I think they feel really good about themselves, you know, now that Jesus is back and now that they've up until yesterday, mostly over all these injuries, particularly in midfield. So, you know, some of the new guys have fit in really well and are doing really good things. And I think they're excited about where they're going to be in terms of this season. You know, I don't know. I've never asked any of them if they think they have a shot to win at all or not, but I'm sure they would say they do. Like players always think they do, you know. So it, it's about as – it was about as – upbeat of a positive session as I've seen all year, really, to be frank, which is crazy when considering that it's been such a bad mid part of the year. Yeah. Well, that is good news. And it's, it comes at an extremely important time because, uh, you know, beating a dead horse, but this is really when it all counts is, you know, all of the goofing off and maybe, uh, you know, feeling like you can afford to pass up points early in the season. This is not the point where that counts anymore. This is where everything comes down in an MLS season. And that's what makes it different from everything. Well, this else. is why I always hate when early in the season, somebody's like, ah, it's no big deal. It's early in the season. They, one or two points can make the big difference at the end of the year. Every game matters. <laughs> It's like yeah, can't. I mean, we know yeah. that, but that's not how the seasons are played out. We all know, know this, know. right? I know. Okay. Uh, Buzz, what got hit harder on uh, Wednesday? Your truck or Giovanni Jesus? <laughs> Giovanni Jesus did. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> My truck was actually going pretty slow when it got hit. Do you yeah. have a replacement car? Uh, yeah, I, my insurance company is USAA, so ah, yeah, they have five. amazing customer service, and I have a rental car replacement. Yeah, good. All right. Yeah, when, do nice your, when do you get your when do when do you get your estimate back on the damage? 
Well, I told you that somebody hijacked my car. Oh, so that's right. It's not Sorry, even at the deal. It's not I even at the collision place yet. So you know they're supposed to call me when it shows up. Uh, hopefully that'll be soon. <laughs> okay. Right now my car is lost, hmm. which is not good. Goodness gracious. Okay. Well, uh, so we got we got the games coming up covered. We got the injury list covered. We got Buzz's truck problem covered. Yeah. What else do we need to talk about? Well, I actually have a piece of news that may sound like it's not a big deal, but I think it's monumental. Oh, okay. Why did we do this at the beginning? Well, because it's a nerd rule. Oh, so according to Andre Zanata, and I checked with somebody else to make sure he wasn't talking out of barrier or whatever. Yeah. (laughs) MLS has changed the homegrown rule. You can now effectively have as many homegrowns as you want. You could sign. You can sign thirty homegrowns if you want. You can only have as many of them active on the roster that fit on the thirty-man roster. But you could sign thirty of them if Wait, you want. What to. was okay? Maybe, maybe I'm saying whoa because I didn't know you, you could only sign so many homegrowns. Well, yeah, the, the MLS roster has thirty players on it, so you can. Well, only no, I, under, I yeah. understand that. Right. Are you saying that previous to then, if you wanted to have 17 homegrowns, you couldn't sign 17 homegrowns That's if correct. you had 17 slots? You'd have to waive them if they weren't on the roster. Yeah, they have to fit on your roster up until now. And the other thing I learned related to this is they actually have had a 31st player rule for a while. Like you could have a 31st player under contract that just never played. No, I'm sorry. Stop for one second. This is what I'm trying to clarify. Yes. Previous to this understanding of you, if Dallas wanted to field a roster of whatever the maximum roster number is of only homegrowns, they could sign all of those guys. They just have to have roster slots for each of those players. That's correct. What you're you're, saying now is, is you can sign as many homegrowns as you want, whether you've got roster slots for them or not. That's correct. Yeah. So like your 30 man roster, it could be 30 homegrowns if you wanted to, or if you already had 30 professionals from Brazil, you could still sign 30 more homegrowns and have them just hang around and never play. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so the point is, is that you now like you no longer are. It's to combat the losing of these best players to college. Right. So before you had these 10 supplemental slots on the bottom of your roster, and that's where you would have most of your homegrowns would be. That's where Nolan Norris is, where Tark Scott is, you know, hey, Seuss and Paxson are no longer on that part of the roster. They're on the senior roster. But isn't but, that what the whole uh, um North Texas soccer club is supposed to be for? Well, sort of. You, like if you had more than, like if you had an extra homegrown or two, you could loan them to Birmingham like Colin Smith is. You can loan them to North Texas like you do when Antonio Carrera goes down there and plays. Or if you had one like Antonio, uh, I don't know, who was it last year? There was somebody that was down there for the whole year last year. I can't remember who it was. So they were effectively off the 30-man roster that way. So what Zanata and somebody else who I confirmed it with are telling me is that now you could have 20, 30 homegrowns signed and not even have to send them to North Texas. You can just have them hang around your first team. And that any given week or whatever, you know, up until the roster freeze date, you can move them on and off your first team roster up until the roster freeze. See, that's a weird uh, because you have no you have nothing for them to do. Like that's, what are the, what correct. are those kids gonna do? Get paid. Well, okay, and so train. Like, so alternatively, why wouldn't you want them to, at the very least, sign yeah. a deal to go to college and get time playing at college? Well, some kids aren't up for it. Some kids want more money than college affords. Some people, some people need the money. Yeah. You know, the, uh, uh, no one wants to have homegrown stand around and do nothing. Of course, 
you're going to send them down to North Texas. But the point is, is you don't have to do this roster shenanigans of trying mm. to get this guy in, this guy out. If you have the money as an organization and you want to sign a bunch of homegrowns and have them stand around and train, you can. You no longer have to fit them into the 30-man roster or into the North Texas roster. You can just sign them. So it's just they removed basically like they basically opened up the roster in terms of homegrowns to be almost infinite, right? Whereas a non-homegrown player has to fit on the 30-man or now apparently 31-man roster. No longer is that the case with homegrowns. You can have a bunch of extra ones. And if you sign a homegrown deal, your college opportunity is finito, right? It is, but you get free college through the MLS. No, but I mean you can't you can't then play. not play you can't decide a year yeah. later I don't want to do this anymore and then go play college. That's true college. of any professional contract. And matter of fact, it's true if you sign with an agent and then never sign a professional contract. By signing with an agent, your college college is done. Mm. So like if you roll the dice on the weird part is that you can have an agent advise you, quote unquote, as long as you don't sign with them, you, you're fine in terms of college because an agent can give free advice just like somebody else can give you free advice. You know, that's different. Wink, but if wink. you sign with an agent or if you sign with anything that pays you to play soccer, you know, you, the, the weird gray area is that the kids that sign these, that play as an amateur with North Texas, that does not ruin your college. You know, okay. if you get an agent or if North Texas paid you, you'd be in trouble. You know, mm-hmm. they, they design division three, which is USL one and USL and, you know, probably even MLS or championship, but you probably could play as an amateur if you wanted to, but I don't know why you would, you know, NPSL, USL two, they're all designed with, to keep your college eligible if you play as an amateur, you know, but that's different. A uh, totally different subject and something that popped into my head that I thought about the other day and I meant to call you and ask you this. Have we ever found out, and if we've talked about this on the podcast before, I'm sorry, I'm getting old. Have we ever found out what players Dallas have listed or, you know, tabbed uh, from other clubs in the area as they've got options on? I forgot what this is called. You know what I'm talking about, yeah, right? Yeah, it's the, it's the list inside... Well, the, the external list. Yeah. I have, I've been told four or five names. I've never got the official list. I, I put together my own version of the list, just making some guesses and I did it on the website, but that's a very, very closely guarded secret. You know, so even the, the ones that's not, that's not anything that's ever published. Publicly. Oh, hell no. All right. No, 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 and no. just for those listening that don't know what I'm trying to talk about, cause I'm, ex- I'm, uh, I'm expressing it poorly. This is every MLS team in their homegrown market yes. gets to essentially put an ear tag on a certain number of players that are not even in their own Academy. Nine. So if that player decides they want to go play in MLS, they get first dibs on them. Yeah. Nine. Basically like it used to be, every player in your home care territory. So literally it was a million players. Well, now it's only nine, but they don't even tell the nine players. So they're not going to tell me if they're not even going to tell the nine players who they are. It's wow. the it's a league secret. And even the players, like you can only tag 45 players inside your own Academy. The rest of them have to be able to move as well. But, uh, you know, they don't tell me that list either. That also is a very closely guarded secret. Hmm. The other side of the coin is you can now move from Academy to Academy, but the new Academy has to pay you. For the, has to pay the team that you get the player from. Do you mean exclusively within MLS Academy? Yeah. Or from like Texans to FC Dallas? Oh, no, just just MLS Academy to MLS Academy. Okay. Yeah, right. not Texans, you could just poach away. Well, you shouldn't. You should pay them, but they don't. You know, they just, yeah. they just take them. This, this is a next pro Academy, MLS Academy problem. 
you know, this, this compensation for a player, unless the other club releases them and that's different, but most of the, a lot of times they just get released because they're not important. Fascinating. Yeah. It's a changing landscape, but I think it's crazy that they now let you sign as many home grows as you want. You know, you can try and keep more guys from going to college. If you think they're worth building, you don't have to try and squeeze them into the roster anymore. That's the important part, you know, because before you'd be limited, you're like, man, there might be eight guys I want to sign, but I only fit one of them on the roster. Well, now you can sign as many as you want. Good stuff. Okay. Anything else, Buzzard? This truncated uh, episode of the It's a short podcast. episode. I don't have a lot. We didn't have a lot to talk about. There's a bunch of games coming up. That's it, really. North Texas is almost done. They got four, three or four games left. So. so Seattle, Saturday, Salt Lake, Wednesday, and then who do they have the following Saturday weekend? Columbus. A Columbus. pretty good team. Yeah. Goodness gracious. Okay. Yeah. Very good. Uh, Dan, you've been awfully quiet today. Do you have anything, any kind of confessions or po- Oh, we were going to play our new game. What? Don't you remember, Dan? Today's the day we were playing the new game. Uh, sure. Actual English soccer club or not? Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Did you, you, did you have one off the top of your head? You'd like to get, let Buzz and I guess is if it's a real one or not? Uh, Melchester Rovers. Mel Chester Rovers. Buzz, this is your podcast. I'll let you go first. <laughs> is that a real English football club or not? Well, since this is the first one, I'm going to say yes, it's a real club. I'm going to say it is not. This as well, because uh, it's not. Oh. Ah, point for me. Excellent. <laughs> Mel Chester Rovers was the... Uh, the team from the fiction, the, from the uh, long-standing comic strip Roy of the Rovers. <laughs> oh, I know the comic strip. I've heard of it. And for a while, you could actually buy their jerseys. <laughs> That's fun. That is cool. And then, uh, and then Dan, today in the Discord, you suggested that maybe we make an attempt to say a player's full name. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yesterday I was sitting at Love Field and uh, I happened to see on the Premier League uh, full roster lists that Elijah Adebayo, the, the Luton striker's full name, is really, really long. I'm trying to find it in the Discord again. Where did you put that? In the FC Dallas room or did you put it in the... Uh... I think general... Soccer talk, maybe? I don't know. Oh, I was trying to find it because I thought that would be funny to try to see if I could say it because I'm so bad at this, which is stupid it. considering I'm a soccer radio host. Okay, here's my attempt. Elijah Anuluwapu Oluwafer Ameni Oluwatomi Oluwanalana Ayaminkinin Adebayo. <laughs> that sounds like a Beatles song being played backwards. <laughs> yeah. I think there was a, a I, recipe for muffins in there too. Did I did I was I even close or do you know, Dan? Oh, I have no idea. Oh. Uh yeah, no, nah, no. Nah. I just wanted to hear you try and say it. Were you going to try to say it? Uh, see it be Elijah Anuelawapu Oluwafarenmi Oluwatomi Oluwalana Ayumikilene Adebayo. Hmm. 
Now we use. I can't even say his regular two name name. Yeah. Now will you say cheeseburger? Elijah. <laughs> cheeseburger. <laughs> he sounds so defeated. <laughs> anyway, in a in a in a slightly more important topic, definitely worth keeping an eye on the uh, the fixtures in the Western Conference this weekend because, you know, edge of the playoffs. Now you've got. Uh, Oh crap! I lost where it was. Austin and Portland are point behind. They actually play each other. Oh, uh, Minnesota plays Sporting Kansas City. Minnesota being three points ahead, and Kansas City being two points behind. So uh, they the league could eat itself this next couple of weeks. I would love that. And because I haven't been paying attention since the uh, news was broken the other day, has there been any update on what's going on up in New England today in terms of the players refusing to train? And I know they fired all the coaches. And they banished Bruce into cancel land. And I, somebody else is now coaching. But do we know, are they actually going to play a game? Is it- well, the two things I saw was that they made their next pro coach, their head coach of their first team. <laughs> and it was reported that, uh, the coaches all signed NDAs before they, before Arena resigned, and it, Taylor Twelman confirmed that. So that's a pretty good confirmation in terms of New England. Taylor is very hooked in there. So um, the old MLS NDA strikes again. So we may take a while before we actually learn. What was about the this. incentive to sign the NDA if they knew they were getting shit canned? Well, it was before Bruce resigned. So sometimes, um, not, I don't know anything about this case at all. I'm just going to tell you that. Sometimes there are cases where someone will say, okay, I'll go ahead and resign instead of fighting this if everybody signs NDAs because they don't want to then resign and then get blasted. They're like, okay, I'll resign and eat it, and but you're not all going to talk about it. Yeah. So that's usually why that happens. I, I know nothing about this case to know if that's what happened in this case other than Taylor confirmed that the coaches signed NDAs before Bruce left. I could not tell you whether it was – the condition of him resigning or not. Okay. You know. Now, since you don't really know much about the, maybe Dan knows more about this, but I, I will ask. So while just what, you know, going through my news feed and stuff, I keep seeing this news that what's her face, the blonde haired Canadian player that's on the MLS 360 broadcast, Kyle, what's her name? Chris, um, Kaylin Kyle. Yeah. Kaylin Kyle, that she got suspended. I didn't even know she'd been missing. Hey, what? from the set because she had been suspended because apparently several weeks ago she said something on the broadcast that intimated that Bruce Arena had said something racially, um, uh, you know, something racial, I think is what, and maybe I'm telling this story wrong, but it, whatever she said about Bruce Arena, and I think has somehow linked this whole uh, string of events that have happened subsequently, she got suspended from the broadcast. Did you guys have oh, you guys yeah, not so seen that story? Yes. Yeah, that's correct. She she said that she said that it was over a racist remark. She essentially assumed she spoke out of turn, and you can't do that when you're on television. So they you know the network suspended her for a bit. But so. now is she is she somewhat vindicated? Ooh, she actually said it on Sirius XM. It wasn't even on uh, it wasn't even on Apple TV. So, oh no, she's not vindicated because no one will say what he said. Yeah, but if we it's, find, I guess that's my point, Buzz. If we find out the reason why everybody signed NDAs and this is all kind of going the way it's going is because Bruce said something naughty racially, does that vindicate her? It vindicates her in the sense that, like, oh look, she was right. It does not vindicate her in that she was a 
talking news head representing the league's broadcast, and she guessed yeah. as to what happened. You can't do that in news. You can't guess. You, you well, know, you can say you're guessing. I'm, I'm, but, I'm going to. You know. I'm going to assume she didn't guess. I'm think she's she's just repeating something other people have told her is what happened as fact. And you're right, Buzz. Even that is probably incorrect. Yeah, you can't yeah. do that. So uh, interesting. Not in her job, you can't do that. You know, if you're some Yahoo on a podcast, you can do what you want. But if you're the host of the league's own production Apple TV deal, you can't just say what you heard or what you think. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to validate it. You know. Or you're going to get suspended, which is what happened. Think of all the money she saved on makeup she didn't have to use those days <laughs> she was on air. So good for her. I'm glad she recouped some <laughs> That's so income wrong. that way. Uh, all right. Yeah. Well, I don't have much anything else. Well, that was a fair bit considering there wasn't a game. No. We're good at filling an hour. Yeah. All right, Dan. This is your. You're, uh, I know you're just itching at the bit. You got too much, but this is your last chance. Anything else, sir? Nah, I'm good. Okay, he's good. Everybody's good. And uh, Buzzard, thank you. I'm glad you're safe and sound. I'm sorry about your truck. Ho- hopefully, uh, maybe you'll get a new a new truck out of the deal. Oh, we'll see. The finances can be funny, you know, in terms of valuations. But I would also want to point out that Dallas has a game or two in hand on you know a good percentage of the league, so they do have that going for them, well, which is nice. Always bringing it back to soccer. Good for you. Buzzard. Yeah, people don't listen for our clownness; they listen for actual soccer. Oh, I thought they, I thought they loved us because we're charming and funny guys. Well, that may also be true. Third degree, yeah. the podcast, funny and charming. <laughs> It's the subject. Sure. Okay. Third Degree the Podcast is brought to you by Soccer90.com, your ultimate destination for FC Dallas or Texas Soccer Club and European gear. They got all the brand new pregame tops, the kick, childhood cancer top, that's hard to say, the new Hispanic Heritage Night, get those special jerseys. Third Degree listeners get 20% off at checkout when you use the code Third Degree. Some exclusions do apply. All right. Well, thank you, guys. Appreciate it. It's always fun to talk to you. We will talk to you. I uh, will do that again. And thank you, FC Dallas Curious Fan. We will speak to you next week on the heels of not one but two games of soccer on another episode of Third Degree, the podcast. Thank God the international breaks over. Third Degree, the Third Degree Net Podcast. Third Degree, the Third Degree Net Podcast. Third Degree, the Third Degree Net Podcast. Third degree, the third degree never care.